Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're tuned into an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Didn't expect to have the next Talk of Champions appear on Tuesday. But Kermit Davis did an interview with him on Monday, check in to see how he's doing, that had to go out today. Couldn't wait till Wednesday or Thursday. But no Bradley Sal today. David Johnson, he's filling in. Because some news on the Ole Miss quarterback front, including a decommitment from Florida State for Luke Altmyer, a big-time Ole Miss football recruiting target. What does that mean for Ole Miss? Could he be committing soon? David's got all the answers. But before we get into any of it, let me tell you about my bookie. Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble, and UFC Fight Island. It's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use my promo code, TOC, for Talk of Champions, TOC, to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 into your account. If you are already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. Remember the promo code, TOC. Talk of Champions, T-O-C. It's winning season at MyBookie. So come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. No Bradley Sal today. I'll be honest, this was a thrown together show. On Monday, I got a call from Kermit Davis, and he wanted to do an interview, an update on what's going on with Ole Miss basketball, including how he's doing after his COVID-19 diagnosis. So when that happens, you just kind of go with it. I wasn't going to do a new show until Wednesday or Thursday. So this is the second show of the week. And with Brad kind of unavailable at last minute's notice, guess who I called up? My friend, David Johnson. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey. Glad, glad to be the fill-in for Bradley Sowell anytime. David, you're never a real fill-in so much as you're a part of this podcast. Whether you want to be or not, you're just as much a part of the fabric of this podcast as Bradley Sowell. So thanks for doing this, man. Because there is some news from Monday. We did get some news. I've been talking about on this podcast for some time now that Matt Crow is going to have 
a potential decision to make at the end of the year if he continues down the current path and the numbers stay what they are. He's projected to finish with ridiculous numbers, and it only takes one agent or a scout to get in your ear and tell you, hey, man, you could go here to make a decision. So the idea that Matt Corral is a surefire bet to return, I think, is putting the cart before the horse. When you talked to Lane, did you kind of get the same sense that he's taking this seriously too? No, absolutely he is, and and by all accounts he should be. Uh, I did ask Lane that question about Matt Monday during uh, the press conference, and uh, you know I got the answer I thought I was going to get, that Lane Kiffin too is concerned whether or not Matt Corral is going to decide to stick around for what would be a second sophomore season in his fourth season with the program if he plays next year, or if he's going to decide to play football in the NFL next year. And, uh, you know, I've been reading some of the message board posts about, you know, Matt needs to come back. He's only had one year with the program. No, he's had three years in the program. I mean, this is the only year he's been the every game starter, obviously, but you know, then you go, you fast forward to weighing risk versus reward, Ben. I mean, what are the risks that Matt Corral faces if he comes back next season versus what are the rewards if he decides to get in the draft and he would be drafted this year. I'm not sure about which round because it's a great class quarterbacks, but he would be drafted this year. You're not talking about a guy taking a chance on getting drafted. He would be drafted in this upcoming NFL draft versus the risk of coming back and getting injured. Yeah, sure. Ole Miss can take out a Lords of London policy on him. And he would be guaranteed to get millions if he had some kind of career debilitating injury. But you know what? He wouldn't be guaranteed a career as an NFL football player. Uh, You know, an opportunity to sign that second NFL contract where they would basically back the Brinks truck up to his front door and unload pallet loads of cash. That's what he wouldn't have. And, uh, you know, it's every little boy's dream to grow up and play in the National Football League. Do you risk that dream by coming back and risk an injury? And guess what he won't have next year? Guess what he won't have, Ben? Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. He will not have Elijah Moore to throw to next year. So a dip in the numbers is very conceivable if Matt Corral were to come back for this for this Ole Miss program. So, you know, there's a lot of gray area there. It's not cut and dry. He had a bad game against Arkansas. He needs to come back. Because guess what? He hasn't had a bad game against anybody else. He has a subpar Matt Corral game Saturday night in the Egg Bowl, and he still wins SEC co-offensive player of the week. (laughs) That's the kind of season Matt Corral is having. So, uh, you know, the argument that it's just shut the door, lock it, throw away the key, Matt Corral needs to come back next year for Matt Corral's sake does not hold water, Ben Garrett. It doesn't hold water. There's so many angles in which I want to cover this Macro stuff, but before I do that, let me tell you, if you haven't already, subscribe to Review Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, so does David. OMSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Kermit Davis coming up on the Modern Women phone line. Let me tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The holiday season is the most wonderful time of the year. But with the holiday season comes changes in the weather, family members coming down with colds, whatever it might be. Of course, you want to make sure that you have a safe 
and sick-free and fun holiday season, but the only way to do that is to ensure that your pharmacy is one that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Stay safe. And make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. One thing needs to be understood. We're not campaigning one way or the other for what Matt Corral should do. That's not our decision to make. It's the kid's decision to make. We need to consider all angles of this. And that's why I brought it up as a subject or topic of conversation on this podcast the last couple of weeks. Because I think fans need to understand that it is a real possibility. And if you look at not too long ago, Chad Kelly, he was directly impacted by coming back for his senior year, getting hurt, and a guy that had potential top three round talent fell to the seventh round, and now he's out of the league. So if your draft stock is at a certain place, then you go. If Matt Corral feels like... He's never going to be hotter. Yes, I understand that this draft class for quarterbacks is extraordinarily deep, but it only takes one team to really like you. So if you feel like you're never going to be hotter and there is a chance that you could dip in numbers next year, then you go. It is not such a cut and dry decision that I think Ole Miss fans want to make it out to be. I talked about this on Monday. Royce Newman is going to be gone. That's a big piece. Kenny Yaboa is going to be gone. That's a big piece. Elijah Moore is the biggest piece. So there is a chance if there's improvement for this team next year, it's going to come from the Ole Miss defense getting better. So yes, Matt Corral on paper, just judging it based on the numbers, you would say, let's see you do it one more year. And if you do next year's draft class, it's pretty shallow. You could be at the very top of that class and be a top two round pick on paper. That looks right. But if you judge Matt Crow just singularly alone and consider all circumstances, what he's gone through during his Ole Miss career, as well as what this season has meant as far as putting him on the NFL draft radar, then I understand why there's so much gray area and why Lane Kiffin would say what he said on Monday. And that's that I've got to have a real conversation with him and see where he's at. Yeah, again, it's risk versus reward, Ben. And, you know, it's not so much the statistics that scare me into thinking Matt Corral could declare for the NFL draft as much as it is the the comparisons from NFL scouts to him and whom I believe is the best player in the NFL right now at the quarterback position and that's Patrick Mahomes what Matt Corral does with arm angle and how he is able to switch arm angle so quickly and deliver accurate strikes to his receivers is only comparable to what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now in the NFL. And you see how that works out, works out wonderfully. Uh, I think he compares very favorably to Patrick Mahomes, but never mind what I think. I don't know Jack Crow. That's what these NFL scouts are saying. 
Matt Corral is not Patrick Mahomes. That's the greatest player on the planet in football right now. But I get what you're saying as far as... You know what he is in that draft pool? The closest thing to Patrick Mahomes. Well, and and a lot of what Patrick Mahomes' draft profile was, was a very high-risk guy. There was a lot of unknowns. There were mixed opinions on what Patrick Mahomes could be. I don't think Matt Corral will ever be Patrick Mahomes, but it's just like this in the NFL. When Sean McVay in his first year with the Rams, took the Rams to the Super Bowl. In that next hiring process of NFL coaches, every single opening, it seemed like every organization was looking for the next Sean McVay. That's how you get Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. That's how you get Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. So, of course, every NFL organization is looking for the next Patrick Mahomes. There's never going to be the next Patrick Mahomes, but you're going to look for traits and wonder if I can strike gold with a player that is high risk, but I love that player. And that's where it comes back See, to the Matt Corral conversation. I disagree conversation. with you. I disagree with you a little bit there because what Matt Corral possesses are very similar mechanics to Patrick Mahomes. And as you said, it inevitably is going to draw comparisons. And as I said, as far as the NFL pool of, of quarterbacks in this draft is this year, and it's deep. There are some very talented guys in there. But it, he is the most comparable to the best quarterback in the game right now. And, yeah, it and, just sounds so course, ludicrous to compare him to Patrick him. Mahomes. It just sounds so ludicrous. Well, you don't compare him to him. You're not comparing him to him. You're comparing his skill set oh, yeah. and how it is similar in certain regards to Patrick Mahomes. That makes more sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It just comes back to also the draft class itself because obviously Trevor Lawrence – is the number one quarterback. And then there's Justin Fields. And then there's Kyle Trask and Mac Jones. On down the line, there are a number. Zach Wilson for BYU. He's jumping up draft boards right now. So it is a deep class. But Matt Corral, if he does declare, and again, we're not vouching for either decision here. We're just trying to play it out in all sides of it. If he were to declare, he's going to test really well. It's late November, early December, and this is how we see it stacking up now. But... We haven't gone through any private workouts with NFL clubs. We haven't gone through the NFL combine. He could certainly, he certainly has more room to improve an already good, I'm not going to say great, but a good draft stock right now during that portion of the year leading up to the draft. He could go down depending on how he performs. But like you, I too believe Matt Corral is going to test extremely well. His decision is so important for the overall outlook of the program moving forward, because not only does that change your perception about what Ole Miss can be in year two under Lane Kiffin, but John Rice Plumley, Grant Tisdale, I don't think either one of them are the future at quarterback for Ole Miss. I think the future of quarterback at Ole Miss is the next topic we're going to cover in just a second. But his decision alone will impact their decisions and who would compete then with if Ole Miss gets a commit from Luke Altmaier, who decommitted from Florida State, and you raise as a possibility, if not the most likely outcome the last time you are on this podcast talking about recruiting. All of that comes into play and what Ole Miss's outlook will look like next year based on Matt Corral. That's probably the biggest storyline we all expect yeah. and would, would assume that Elijah Moore, yes, you absolutely go – have a great NFL career, man. You earned it. But Matt Corral is the sneaky. It's not even sneaky anymore because Lane Kiffin has addressed it publicly because you asked him about it. But that decision is at the most important position on the field, has really allowed Ole Miss to have the season that it's had. Matt Corral being the quarterback, taking hold of that job and not letting go of it, leaving no doubt whatsoever. 
that now becomes at the forefront of all storylines in the offseason. It outruns recruiting. It outruns yeah. Elijah Moore, everything. I mean, it's Matt Corral. Well, and you, you mentioned that I asked that question. Well, okay, so I'm getting a few snide comments on our message board for why would you bring that up? Why would you not bring that up? It's you December 1st. About that. Yeah, it's December you have 1st. You to talk about that. I mean, me bringing it up doesn't change anything in Matt Corral's mind or how this is going to play out. Yeah, you don't think Matt Corral's thinking about relevant. that right now? I mean, Matt Corral's thinking about that yeah. right now. Now, if, if you ask Matt Corral about that, he would tell you what he's supposed to tell you. Uh-huh. No, I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about the very next game and finishing out very strong with this football team. That's what he's supposed to say. Is it true? Probably not. Sure, as Ben said, he's thinking about it. You have to be thinking about it, people. You absolutely have to. And, and, and we have to ask those questions. You, you have to. Or, or, you know, we're what half of, half of the folks accuse us of being homers and half of them think we're, we're out to get them. I mean, it's kind of, you can't win, but you got to do your job and you have to ask those questions. And as Lane pointed out, they were talking about it in a meeting this morning, that very thing. <laughs> they know they, they need to be concerned about it. Ignoring it is like ignoring, I, I mean, I don't like to use this analogy, but it's like ignoring you might have cancer. I don't have cancer as long as I don't go to the doctor and get diagnosed. You know, the quicker you, you deal with it, the better off you'll be. You just have to acknowledge it. And what better time to talk about it than in a bye week that you didn't expect to have? This is the time to ask that question because we're in the month where these decisions are made. Terrence Marshall just opted out of the last two games for LSU to prepare for the NFL draft. And, and of course, go. Matt Crowell's not going to opt out of Ole Miss's last two games. Obviously, he's going to play those games and the bowl game. This is the month where those decisions are made. So, of course, you have to ask about it. And why would you not ask it during the bye week? rather than Texas A&M week, if they get that week, or LSU. Of course you ask it now. Look, I understand it's your team. You want Matt Corral back. But these kids are looking out for number one because if they're not looking out for themselves, no one else is looking out for them. Because, yes, you love them when they're here, but then if they're, when they're gone, you really lose track outside of highlights if they're in the NFL. Do you really know where other players are now? Where's Tony Connor? Do you know where he is? Are you looking out for him? No, these Great. kids have to look out for Great themselves. Point. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and you and I were talking, Ben and I were talking on the phone earlier today, as we quite often do, about Ole Miss football. And Ben made an excellent point, and I'm going to give him credit for it here. But if you're looking at the long picture of the Ole Miss quarterback situation, yes, you want Matt Corral to come back for his second sophomore season. Uh, and then you want Luke Altmeyer, that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit, to be. Matt Corral's replacement in the Ole Miss quarterback tree. And then it sets up perfectly for one Arch Manning to come in and be Luke Altmeyer's replacement. So that's kind of what you're looking at. And, you know, Ben brings up John Rice Plumley, Grant Tisdale. You got Kate Renfro on that roster. Um, you know, one in Kincaid Dent, either or any of those guys could be your quarterback next year if Matt Corral decides to declare for the draft. We're not discounting any of the abilities of those guys, but ultimately, if you're looking from 10,000 feet above down at what could happen, I think you want the progression to be just like Ben pointed out, Matt Corral, Luke Altmeyer, whom I think is going to commit to Ole Miss within the next day or two, then Arch Manning. 
I think that's what you're looking at. I think that's what's got to really be on Lane Kiffin's mind. And that's why we talk about Matt Corral. We talk about an elephant in the room because if he leaves, that expedites the timeline. That throws you off schedule because Luke Altmaier, you want him to come in and redshirt behind Matt Corral for a year and then take over. Because mm-hmm. regardless, next year, if he were to come back, that's Matt Corral's last year. But getting to Luke Altmaier here, big news on Monday, he decommits from Florida State. Now, this is something that you've been calling and talking about even on this podcast for some time now, that Luke Altmaier was going to decommit, that Ole Miss was in the catbird seat to flip him. It seems like that's what's lining up. What led to the decision on Monday to decommit? Why now? Well, I think it's getting closer and closer to the early signing period. He has said publicly he's going to sign somewhere on December the 16th. And, uh, you know, Ben, we're a little more than two weeks away from signing day. Okay, so he had to do it because his intent right now is to go somewhere other than Florida State. And me and a whole lot of other people, both, uh, yeah, you know, including national recruiting experts, team experts like Yancey and I, like Paul Jones and Robbie Falk from the Mississippi State site where he's from, uh, like Chris Nee from the Florida State site. Everybody in the country right now is forecasting Luke Altmaier to commit to Ole Miss and sign with the Rebels. It's been coming for a ways now. Florida State's program is in shambles. They're struggling. Uh, this has not been a great debut year for Mike Norvell, and uh, it's going to take a little while to get the mojo back down in Tallahassee, probably longer than it would to take Luke Altmaier to play out his college career. And if you're him, why would you not want to play inside your home state for, for an offense that is probably, if you want to get down to it, I would argue it could be considered the best in the country this year. And to have that opportunity to be the guy to follow in Matt Corral's footsteps, whether that occurs next year as a true freshman or the next year as a redshirt freshman for Luke, why would you not do that? I mean, the writing's on the wall. Luke Altmaier is going to be an Ole Miss Rebel. It's going to happen pretty darn soon. And, uh, you know, at the end of this recruiting cycle, lo and behold, Lane Kiffin and company, they're going to surge in the state of Mississippi. It's such a overused thing in recruiting as far as players impacting other players. Does his commitment in any way clear a path for a Brandon Buckhalter or an MJ Daniels? Or are those decisions, like most every decision, because this is so overplayed in recruiting, are those independent of what Luke Goldhire does? It it is independent. I mean, I've gone through the recruiting process as a dad. That doesn't factor into a kid's decision. It it just doesn't. He's going to go where he feels like he's got the best fit, the best – chance to make an impact. It doesn't matter what his buddies are doing. I think that is the most oversold line in all of recruiting coverage is that, you know, Jimmy and Johnny are are like brothers. So wherever Jimmy's going to go, Johnny's sure to follow. That's not going to happen. That's, that's not how it happens. Most of the time, rarely does it happen that way. So I don't think Luke Altmaier's uh, commitment to Ole Miss is going to make make a huge impact with other guys. You mentioned Brandon Buckhalter. I think Brandon Buckhalter is going to flip out of the Mississippi State class all on his own, okay? I do believe Buckhalter, when it comes down to it on signing day, is going to be an Ole Miss Rebel. MJ Daniels, I'm not so sure about. State has some anchors in him, so to speak, uh, you know, and, and, and I don't know if Ole Miss can pull him up out of the ground this late in the game. I know they're desperately trying to. I think all in all, on December 16th, on on the start of the early signing period, I think Ole Miss fans are going to be very pleasantly surprised. We'll get right back to David Johnson in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. 
a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. It's the holiday season, and what better gift for yourself, for your significant other, than a new car? Well, the only place to go this time of year to get that done is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. They're hardcore Ole Miss fans. They'll probably want to talk some Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss football, upcoming Ole Miss basketball, some baseball, but more importantly, they'll want to make the process as seamless as possible that you get what you want at a good price. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Celebrate the holiday in style. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. It is insane that they're going to have the early signing period before Ole Miss finishes its season. That is nuts. Oh, my God. Can, can you imagine the week that we are going to have? No. You know, you're going to have – it's Ole Miss LSU game week. It's Ole Miss probably trying to get another win just to improve – their bowl position okay because because look i'm telling you missouri's got a shot at finishing six and four you know and, and a better bowl is going to take a six and four missouri team before they take a five and five old miss team or a four and six old miss team so important football left to be played important football will be played the week of national signing day and i imagine uh, you know the distraction level for the coaches at every program in the country is going to be tremendous that week your game planning trying to prepare a football team for your final game at the same time, it's all hands on deck for recruiting. And, uh, you know, Ben, I don't think we've ever had this in college football before. Maybe, maybe I, t- I take that back. Maybe, maybe Alabama preparing to play in the SEC championship game or something like that. It could have coincided same time. It hadn't happened at Ole Miss. Kermit Davis is coming up here shortly on the modern women phone line. If Matt Corral were to make the jump, is Luke Altmeyer? a guy that's ready to come in and compete to start immediately? I don't know. I don't know because, you know, I've tried this in the past to project how a high school kid is going to walk on in his first year of a college program and be able to soak things in and uh, handle the, 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 the extreme level of stress that comes with being a Division One football player that, that so many fans think is, uh, is just chasing women and uh, eating good food and showing up on Saturday afternoons. It's a – it's a difficult job, and uh, it's hard to predict how a true freshman is going to adapt to that and how quickly he can become, but particularly at the quarterback position, the leader he needs to be. It takes different guys different amounts of time to be able to acclimate to that environment. So I can't say that. And, and you know, something you alluded to earlier, so what does that mean for John Rice Parliament? Does it mean he, he rolls the dice and goes, I'm going to stick around another year because I think I can be the starting quarterback again at Ole Miss? Can you throw? Or the transfer portal? Can you throw? Uh, well, I mean, there you go. I mean, so that's all got to be in the balance as well. Uh, because, you know, John Rice, I, I don't think he's going to be missed a lot by the Ole Miss baseball program if he decides to hit the portal. Mike Bianco recruits at an elite level every single year, period. 
No, you I can be confirm. More qualified yeah. to speak on that than me. I, I can confirm that John Rice really doesn't factor in to Ole Miss baseball all that much. It's a good story, but Jerry on Ely of the two is the one that could actually step in and play meaningful minutes and get meaningful playing time and really impact winning for Ole Miss baseball. I don't think John Rice is that type of player. So really, that's not an impediment on him transferring if that's what he decides to do. But here's the thing. If you made me guess today, Matt Corral is going to be back next year. But I just think fans need to brace themselves for the realistic possibility that he leaves. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the same exact spot, period. Uh, do I know what he's going to do? No way. Do I think he knows what he's going to do? I don't think he does at this point. Lane Kiffin doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah, I think Matt Corral's feeling himself right now. He feels that he's accomplished a lot, and he has. I mean, numbers-wise, he's been off the charts and really resurrected his career. By no fault of his own was he benched last year. That wasn't his fault. Um, so really, he resurrected his career by coming back. He admitted he was going to transfer, had the coaching change not happen. Lane Kiffin gave him new life, and he's performed well. It's going to be a decision that there's going to be a lot of pressure from a lot of different people saying, man, Matt, you're on fire. You should leave. And it's going to be on him to yeah, make and, the best business and, decision for him. And, you know, what more can he do at Ole Miss from an individual standpoint? With apologies to the Mannings, he's putting together the greatest single season of any Ole Miss pastor ever. The statistics are going to bear that out at the end of the year. And uh, as much as we would all like to think that you know, the only thing that matters to, to the players on our team is winning a championship for the school. That's way down the list. Where does way Ole Miss end up bowl-wise? I think, I think they're going to Tennessee one way or the other. I think it's going to be the Music City Bowl or the Liberty Bowl. That's my guess right now. Yeah, it'd probably be best. Do you think there's going to be a little bit of consideration when these bowls take into account the teams that they potentially want to bring to these cities, do you think the consideration will be the COVID stuff? So, okay, Ole Miss, yes, you might be better suited for the belt bowl in a normal year, but let's go to the Liberty Bowl. That's just as much of a reward. Do you think that'll be any kind of consideration there? Yeah, I think so. I think that plays into it. And, and again, you don't know exactly you know, what the local restrictions are on attendance for stadiums and things like that, what that bowl, in particular, bowl's uh, policy on attendance is going to be. Uh, things like that. I mean, you know, ESPN basically owns all the bowls. Why not just do it for TV matchups to get the get the highest uh, TV ratings? Who do you want to see Ole Miss play the most? Who's going to tune in to watch Ole Miss play who the most, the most numbers? Um, you know, I mean, Ole Miss Maryland, as was projected by 24-7 Sports last week in the Music City Bowl, it just doesn't excite me. I, I don't care to see Ole Miss play Maryland. It's not 1952 anymore. You know, and <laughs> how many times can you stand the promo talking about when Ole Miss knocked off Maryland in the vault, you know, half a century ago, more than half a century ago? Um, you know, I'd like to see I'd like to see an interesting matchup. You know, I don't know what USC is doing, but let's pair Ole Miss and USC. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. And what? oh, my God, what a built-in storyline. Come on. That'd be great. Yeah, Lane in USC. Exactly. Or, hey. I read something today that Liberty couldn't go to a bowl uh, and they might not be able to find a pairing. You know, Ole Miss Liberty and the Liberty Bowl? What could get better than that? Seriously. I want to get Seriously. your take on something before I let you go. I'm not even going to entertain that. That's just, no. Stop it. Uh, come on, man. No. We can all dream. Oh, you can dream that all you want. That's a nightmare. Okay, so before I let you go, <laughs> what do you make of the guys that participated in senior night? Uh, Ryder Anderson, Momo Sonogo, some guys that could return. And Momo, I think, was the biggest surprise of that group. But what did you make of all that? 
Yeah, I would agree. I was a little surprised to see Braylon Sanders out there as well. First of all, Momo out there as a junior, which he is in terms of his eligibility, and he'll be a junior again next year if he comes back. I mean, why? I just don't understand why. Momo Sanogo, I have not really seen him being talked about on anybody's draft board. Um, you know, so, um, I mean, it could simply be that he's at a stage in his life, an age in his life where it's time to move on, time to get in the real world. And he may not want to play football anymore. Or he could be thinking, or somebody could be telling him, man, you got to get in the draft. You're going to be a high round pick. I don't see it. So, yes, it was surprising for me to see Momo out there on the field uh, for, for senior night, senior day. Um, Braylon Sanders, Braylon, you need to come back. I mean, you need to come back. There is so much you can accomplish in Lane Kiffin's offense next year. You definitely need to come back. But as far as Ryder Anderson goes, I predicted. Back in August, Ryder Anderson was going to have a big year. I was wrong. Ryder needs to come back as well. Uh, and, and, you know, he's probably got the best advisor out there with his brother being in the NFL as to what he needs to do. But I think if Ryder wants to get drafted, he needs to come back and put that big year together I thought he was going to have this year. Um, you know, some of the others, not a real big surprise. Uh, and, again, you know, the caveat to all of that is that meant absolutely nothing. Yeah. Guys who went out there can still come back next year. Uh, and, you know, guys that didn't go out there can leave. So, uh, you know, we're just going to have to see. Lane said another thing Monday during his press conference. It's going to be a crazy offseason. And it is because you're got, you've got to keep a close eye on your own roster because you don't know what seniors are going to go, I'm done, I'm out of here, or what seniors are going to go, I got another year to play and I'm not getting as much playing time as I want to here. I'm checking out, I'm getting in the portal, I'm going somewhere else. Or you've got this to consider, okay? Let's say you've got a hot sophomore on your team. Not getting a start right now, but he's got a bright future ahead of him. And let's just say the senior in front of him decides, you know what, I'm coming back. I'm going to play another year. And all of a sudden that sophomore is going, I'm not waiting another year. I'm going somewhere else where I can get on the field. I'm not waiting behind this guy so he can be here for his sixth year. And then I'm still – playing as a reserve or something like that. And, and then coaching staffs have a problem of, man, do we want the senior to come back? Should we, him, should we encourage him to leave? Because if not, we're going to lose this sophomore that we've probably got two years of starting ahead of him for us, or he's going to leave. I mean, Ben, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be chaos in that arena. It's a nice callback to one of the last times you're on this podcast, the three waves of recruiting in this off season. It's not just going to be about the early signing period and the February signing period, but also recruiting your own roster and the one-year yep. penalty-free transfer that goes into effect and how many kids are going to enter the portal. Ole Miss's roster could look drastically different next year, and you could see a lot of guys oh, that you're oh, assuming yeah. are coming back could be gone. There might be a backup offensive lineman or two that decide, ah, I'm going to go get in the portal, go see what I can do. And also, I agree with you about well, you senior who, night. You know who comes to my mind? Who Who's comes that? to my mind right there? It's Jalen Cunningham. Jalen Cunningham has some NFL potential. Now, he's got some issues about being in enough shape to whether or not he can, he can sustain himself in this up-tempo offense right now, granted. Uh, but he's got two he, – he's a sophomore. He's got two redshirt freshmen playing in front of him at the guard positions. Now, I do believe Jeremy James ends up getting moved from guard to right tackle. I think he's the heir apparent to Royce Newman at right tackle, and I think that opens up a slot for Jalen Cunningham – 
to be able to compete to be a starter next year. But he hasn't started yet. He's been here three years, and he's got two redshirt freshmen in front of him at the guard position. So, I mean, I don't know anything about that at all. I'm using that as an example. But those are scenarios that you're looking at. But I agree with you. Senior night didn't really mean anything, but I do think it showed us a peek inside their thought process to where a Ryder Anderson, a Braylon Sanders, Momo Sonogo, even T. Tisdale, who got hurt on Saturday, they went through it because they might not be back. Doesn't mean that they're leaving, but they're certainly considering it at the very least. So yeah. that's important. Man, there's all kind of things going on with that. You could have a guy out there as a senior thinking, you know, he's not getting enough touches or, or reps this year. And and he went out there solely to send a message to the coaching staff. Hey, if I'm, if I'm not going to play the, over the course of these next couple of games, I'm out of here after this year. You know, you just never know what's behind the messaging and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I, I'm pulling that totally out of my hat. It's purely hypothetical. But take it all with a grain of salt right now. We won't know until the players tweet out what their intentions are, <laughs> uh, you know, on their own accord uh, sometime in the month of December or early January. We might get a little bit of word uh, before that and have it posted on the Ole Miss Spirit, but it, it's going to be a wild, wild offseason. I will say this, too. It used to be so much simpler. You, you know what, though? You know, college football has hurt its own self with its own greed. That's the problem. Look, used to you didn't have to pay 100 to 125 bucks for a ticket to a college football game, right? Used to coaches didn't make five, six, seven million dollars a year. Used to O-line coaches didn't get paid a half million dollars a year. Everybody's getting paid, but those kids and those kids finally figured it out. Yep. And now in an effort to save your free labor force, you're having to make concessions that you never, ever, ever thought you would have to. Good for the and players. Ultimately, yeah, good for the players. Ultimately, the ultimate concession is going to be writing paychecks. That's what's going to happen. It's coming to that if you want to keep this high-level, high-caliber level of talent within your college football program. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. David and I are both right for the Ole Miss Spirit, omsspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime, anytime. You know it. Thank you for having me on. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. 
where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Ole Miss men's basketball coach Kermit Davis. Kermit, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, Ben. Out of out of protocol and back to work with no team to coach just yet, but anxious, that's for sure. Yeah, how you feeling? How was it? You know, Ben, I, I was very fortunate. I was lucky. Uh, I had mild symptoms. I know there's a lot of people out there in our country that's struggling and had tough, tough cases. And uh, But, you know, aches, little body aches, never any temperature, uh, lost a little energy, lost sense of kind of taste for just one night, and that was it. But really by day seven, Ben, I really got feeling normal. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm full go, and uh, so back to work. I talked to Ronnie last week via text. He was one of the ones that after you went into quarantine, he had to go into quarantine. You got some players that had to deal with it too. What is the overall status of the team as far as getting back to normal? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm back, but we have three other staffers that are kind of, you know, with Ronnie. I think Ronnie's on probably about day seven right now. Uh, quarantine. Now, he'll tuckle about for a little bit and he's doing better. Uh, GA that really has real, real mild uh, symptoms, you know, that has it. And uh, we've got three players. One of them came off of the kind of the 10-day whatever today. So they start going through their cardiac testing and different things to slowly get back. And so we hope to have all of our players back uh, by hopefully Saturday or Sunday. We get to resume team activities uh december 7th that monday have y'all really identified how this happened or is this just kind of the nature of college basketball now this is a reality that everybody has to deal with yeah you know you know ben i i've just been as cautious as i could possibly be uh i racked my brain i did on a we had our, our pavilion madness on a wednesday and on the thursday there's a loser there's a small group of gentlemen that just love old miss basketball more than anything and I, I went, I didn't eat, but I went over there and, and, and just kind of gave them a basketball update, you know, for probably about 10 minutes. And I guess they got word early that week that I'd been diagnosed. And I think four or five of those guys in that room uh, got it. I don't know if that's where I got it or not, uh, Ben. Uh, but that's really the only thing that I'd done out of, you know, that I hadn't hadn't been doing. And so... I don't know. I think our players have really done a great job and uh, just kind of it hit us all at once. And then we were going to proceed with the tournament. I mean, it was, it was got to be where we called our, our, our scrimmage off on Saturday. Then Ronnie started feeling symptoms. And it was really kind of, we were kind of one more person. As in, if we have one more person, they're going to kind of pause us. And Ronnie tested positive and they pause us. How tough was that? Because the Justin Reed Classic is something that not just you, but Keith, the entire university put a lot of effort into to tip off the season in a way that not only is the tournament that you've been looking for, but in a way to honor Justin Reed and all that kind of stuff. That had to be disappointing. Yeah, it was. You know, you think about it. You, you're supposed to be in the Cayman Islands at this unbelievable CBS tournament. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Thomas Gray and our people did such a great job to formulate. There's a lot of great Ole Miss ties, you know, from Wayne Brant Jackson State, uh, Coach Boone at UCA, Arkansas State, Justin Reed, obviously. So a lot, a lot of great Ole Miss ties, and it was, it was hard. 
it was really hard for our players who had we were going to have two or three on miss because of COVID, but looking forward to playing. As we see, there's a lot of teams around college bas- basketball that had to pause. And, uh, you know, I think that's just going to, that's going to be the norm of us. I hope the bad part for us is behind us, knock on wood. And uh, but the hard part really been has been we just can't do any practicing. And so for 21 straight days, I would not coach my team this time of the year. That's a lot. I mean, you know, 21 straight. So the fans have to understand it's going to be an unbelievable work in progress to come back, uh, not playing, not practicing. We would have had three practices before we play in that, in that first game. One of three teams is Ole Miss in the SEC that hasn't played a game yet. How hard has it been to be in quarantine and watch basketball tip off everywhere else? That's got to be tough as well. Yeah, it is. But that's hard. You know, I, I talked to Rick Barnes and checked on him and, uh, he said he was doing fine. His team was in a pause. Uh, I hadn't talked to Michael White, but I don't think Michael had it. I think they just had a couple of cases and then Florida's program. Uh, it is. I mean, it's fun to watch basketball, don't get me wrong, but yeah. if we're not there, you know. But we, we, we do Zoom basketball with our team 30 to 40 minutes every night. Uh, now I can really see my players. I think probably tomorrow, Ben, I'm going to be able to get with our players just one-on-one you know, with our guys and not, not with the whole team. So that'll be nice just to get them back on the floor and to be able to do that uh, starting on Tuesday. And, uh, and then like you said, we'll, we'll resume. Hopefully everything goes well on next Monday, December 7th. No disrespect to Zoom, which has been a great service for everybody throughout the pandemic. But by the time this is over, I would guess that you'll be like me and completely glad to have that never be a part of your life ever again. <laughs> It has been a God, it's been such a huge part, you know. I mean, showing tape with our guys, the recruiting aspect of it. We couldn't have done it without it. But yeah, it's nothing like just getting back to hug people and shaking people's hands and I think we're all tired of the fist bumps, but that's just something we've gotta keep in our life uh, for a while and get these vaccines out in public over the next several months and uh, hopefully get our country back to normal. Uh but you're right. Uh I mean, the in-person contact with everybody, uh, just there's, there's nothing nothing like it. And I think we all missed that. i tell you the first thing I thought of when Ole Miss dealt with its own bout of cases, starting with you. You mentioned to us when we did a media opportunity with you a couple of weeks ago how you pitched the idea of an all-SEC schedule. And I thought immediately, well, he was on to something because it's going to be really hard to get this whole season in and not have stoppages and cancellations and postponements. And I don't know how at the end of this you rank teams or you decide for the NCAA tournament. I know the NCAA is going to have the entire tournament in Indianapolis, but it just seems like it's going to be so hard because of the limited rosters and what's inevitably going to be stoppages to get this thing all the way through to get to the finish line. Yeah, I think you're right, Ben. I- I, tell, I think we all know there's going to be stoppages of play, non-conference and conference. But as we've seen in the SEC football, if there is a stoppage of play in football, at least you've got all 14 ADs, presidents, medical staff right on the same protocol, right on the same page. And they're going to do everything they can to try to get those games made back up. Non-conference is hard, you know, with different protocols, their schedules, your schedules. And that, that's what I've just seen easier for the conference, you know, I know we were trying to get a to get a net, you know, to where there's kind of the old RPI and compare different leagues and how we're going to do that. Uh, but 
So we're just going to keep our fingers crossed, and it has been great to see some some teams. I do think this, and Bayheim said it the other night on, on, a, on an interview, we do have to get, I know it's state to state, where everybody's on the same kind of period of how you come back, what it takes you to shut down. Some teams have had one positive and their team gets shut down. Uh, other teams like, uh, you know, Gonzaga had a positive on the road, but quarantine that one player and soon play, which we all think that's the right thing to do. And uh, but I think there's just different, there's different policies based on where you are, Ben, which maybe sometimes is not fair uh, just to the different teams across the country. As far as where the team was practice-wise, how they were practicing, the preparation for the season before the shutdown, where were they? Were you pleased with it? And to pick back up, like you said, will be tough, but do you think this team, it won't be as hard of a transition because of the veteran experience on the team? I don't know. I was a little disappointed in our practices before we shut down. Uh, and even it started my last couple of days that I was there. I think our town of our team had, had hit a little wall and was trying to get to games and We've been hitting against each other for a while. Uh, I didn't think our energy level was was great. Uh, you know, the one thing we do have is depth. So I was looking forward to the games of, of being able to, for the first time, substitute our guys. And then that's got to start understanding roles. And, yep, you're really not going to play as much as you thought because you don't guard or the ball doesn't move. And uh, so those are things now we're about to get through December the 10th. You know, I think right now we're going to reschedule Jackson State. We're waiting on a contract. We hope that will be officially announced in the next couple of days. Uh, but we'll play them on that Thursday. But, you know, it, it, I, I wasn't, wasn't real pleased then. And uh, something that maybe this break in action get us revitalized. It's going to take us a while to kind of get back into conditioning and shape. But, uh, but we've got to be a better practice team once we come back. We'll get right back to Ole Miss men's basketball coach Kermit Davis in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about PropSwap.com, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The newest addition to the Talk of Champions family of advertisers is PropSwap.com. PropSwap.com is an online marketplace where you can buy and sell sports betting tickets. Whether it's a long shot future, a parlay with one game left, or even a straight bet at halftime, PropSwap lets you post your ticket for sale and lock in your money before the event is over. PropSwap is also a great place to purchase tickets from the comfort of your home at better odds than the sports books are offering. Go to PropSwap.com today, register for an account, and enter promo code Biloxi. That's Biloxi, B-I-L-O-X-I, for a deposit match up to $100. Ask Clay Travis, Cousin Sal, or Darren Rovell about the value of PropSwap and add it to your repertoire to make yourself a profitable sports better. PropSwap.com, that's PropSwap, P-R-O-P-S-W-A-P.com, promo code Biloxi. Y'all are scheduled to open the year on the 12th against North Carolina Wilmington. Is it right now, do you think, on track to make sure that y'all are going to start then? Do you think that's pretty much solid now? Uh, you know, right now we are. We're trying to add a couple games then. I mean, we're trying to, you know, right now, unless anything happens, obviously we're going to be great for North Carolina Wilmington, who's playing good right now. Uh, we're hoping to, to start with Jackson State maybe on December the 10th contract is out uh we've agreed upon that date it hadn't been officially announced we hope maybe that can happen in the next couple days so we start officially on that thursday we may try and move a game in on the 14th uh this is just not many places to play 
So maybe a team that was in that tournament that we're talking to, we may can reschedule them. And so there could be a good chance then we'll open up the 10th, 12th, and 14th at home and make up two of those games before we travel to, to Middle Tennessee on the, on the 16th. What's it like coaching while you're watching on Zoom? Because that's what you were doing at first before the full shutdown. You were trying to coach while watching on Zoom. How do you do that? Go crazy. Go absolutely <laughs> nuts. And my wife thought I was about to jump out of the, the second-story building. Uh, I had my Connor Walsh. Uh, he had his cell phone right there with him, and I would call him and start hollering at Connor. And he tell me to get a guy on the phone. And so I'd, I'd break up a guy and take a guy out, and I'd get on a guy for not getting back or moving the ball on the, on my, on the cell phone. And then do that four or five times and holler at the Zoom. And uh, so, you know, Daddy hollered up the stairs one time, would you quit watching? Would you just please quit watching? And so it was – I wasn't very – I'm not a very good Zoom coach, man. There's some things I got to improve on. That's one I'm not going to have to improve is being a better Zoom coach. Yeah, you're an in-person guy. I can't imagine Kermit Davis with your <laughs> – let's just call it enthusiasm for coaching that translating very well on Zoom. When you look around college basketball and you're watching it, when games are actually being played, is there much difference at all? Or do you think that – the games are going about as normal if you can get to that point, if you can get to the point of playing. Yeah, I've been really impressed with, with the team's efforts. Uh, you can tell teams miss exhibitions in the scrimmages. I think from an offensive standpoint, you know, the, the teams that when you watch like a South Carolina start a week later and they play Liberty, who's played Mississippi State and Purdue, and, and Liberty beats South Carolina. And then South Carolina's next game versus Tulsa, they played much better. Offensively, they're much better. And so I, I just think that, you know, you're going to see teams struggle early on that haven't played as many games. Those teams that have stayed healthy early and have gotten into, into basketball kind of rhythm. Uh, because it, there's a lot to it more than what people think about for the first time substituting your team and trying to figure out your team. And so that tournament was going to be great for us just because three straight days of basketball. We'd find out a lot about it. And uh, so, but I've, I've been really impressed. Uh, you're going to see more upsets than you've ever had in college basketball. That's just going to happen. And we've seen that a lot earlier. Think about it. UMass Lowell beat San Francisco. San Francisco beats Virginia. And then last night, who beat San Francisco by 16? You know, so it's just, it's just going to, you don't have a lot of ups and downs in college basketball, the uncertainty of your team daily on a testing basis. And that's what I can say about Ole Miss football. I mean, think about Ole Miss football. They've done a, they've done a great job in the field. They've done a great job with testing. When you think about it, their best players have usually been available. And that's going to be a big key throughout college basketball. When you look at your schedule – at Middle Tennessee State, December 16th, at Dayton, December 19th, at Alabama, December 29th. That's a lot of traveling. And for a team that has dealt with the COVID stuff pretty significantly the last couple of weeks, how do you handle that? What are the preparations that go into ensuring your team is safe and that it's isolated from any potential things that might come about, if you will? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're either on a charter, we're with taking commercial flights or, or buses, you know, and, uh, just all the different things that, and obviously football's had success. So we're in touch with, you know, the football operations. Our people are just, what are some things they thought they did well, you know, from pregame meals to different things that, that you do. 
Uh, I think you have protocol, and I think there's luck involved. I just think that's part of it. Uh, but, you know, are you smart to travel game day and go play? Uh, you'll be there and try to be on the uh, opposing team's place as, as limited as possible. Uh, where your meals come from, you know, hotels you stay. I mean, it's just a lot of different things about uh, the protocol that, that, that we're looking at right now. You know, we'll bus to Middle Tennessee. Uh, we will stay there, and then we'll bus to Dayton. And we are going to charter back uh, from Dayton. And uh, so, you know, I think, and I think then that either at Vanderbilt or at Lexington, we're going to have to get tested by the SEC protocol on our way to Dayton you know, just to get those tests in as you go. Well, it's a very simple question, but considering everything now, you're really excited about your team. Then this stuff happens. Do you still have that same enthusiasm about what y'all can be, assuming that y'all can resume practicing as normal and play as normal of a schedule as you possibly can, considering the circumstances? Do you still have that enthusiasm for this team? Oh, I have great enthusiasm. I'm looking forward to December 7th. A lot of uncertainty right now, Ben. You know, conditioning. Our guys respond from being off so long. What kind of practice team can we be? Uh, the health of your team, staying healthy, trying to play that many games with limited practices. So I, I have the same enthusiasm, a ton of uncertainty. I mean, it's just you draw from every ounce of experience that you could ever have. You know, being positive with your team, but but you got to get toughness back in your team, Ben. You can't come out and start doing two-line layups and slapping everybody on the tail and telling everybody else that everybody's going to have a great time. <laughs> I mean, you got to get some stuff back in your team or you don't, it's going to be, you know, people wonder. So it's going to be a real, real fine line. I mean, about getting toughness back in your team, but handling your team's legs, getting them ready that short a period of time to play in games. It's just something we've never done, you know, and, but, you know, it's something I'm really looking forward to. I'm just a guy that the only way I ever – ever have any value with our team just how we look at practice that's the only thing i've ever it keeps me sane or insane you know about just how our team plays every day in practice since i just haven't seen that in 21 straight days uh starting on next monday when i look at your team there's a lot of versatility to it and that will never be more important than this year but if there are certain guys are there certain guys on your team that you identify, okay, if this guy goes down, well, we can play him here. The versatility of a particular player or two or three or four that you've kind of mapped out as far as rotationally and how lineups could be constructed. Yeah, Ben, you know, when we were going through it when I was in COVID and uh, Romero White, Dude McCollum, and uh, one other had been socially traced. They weren't going to play in the tournament. Okay, what can we do? Uh, well, we're we'll start watching a lot of tape with Luis about playing some some power forward. Try to start watching some tape with Demetrio Vaughn to play some some power forward. If guys trying to play the two, who can we move to the five? You know, all of a sudden we only had three bigs. Sean Robinson wasn't going to play either because he had a concussion, and so we were down like four bigs. And you know, so a couple fouls here, and I mean you're you're playing a bunch of six five guys, so. You know, we, we were all really trying to understand that. We tried, tried to deal with that during COVID right now, guys watching as much tape as we can at different positions. And so those are all things that versatility will matter. And there's no doubt it'll matter between now and March. So, hell, y'all were going to look like the Rockets, weren't you, for a little bit there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, we were, we were going to have a little different 
a different look. You know, like I said, we were going to be down four front court guys. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we talked about versatility and I was really impressed with Luis. I mean, Luis really owned it and was really took it to heart. And he's had such a really good preseason camp, you know, about taking, you know, pride and trying to be smart enough and execute well enough to play different positions. And uh, so that, that that's just going to happen. I mean, knock on wood, keeping, trying to keep your, your really good players healthy as much as possible and just the versatility of, because what, what kind of sometimes we forget about, um, Ben, is normal basketball mix and bruises, you know? And so those, we get so worried about COVID that you're going to get some mix and bruises, you know, along the way also. I still love the idea. I know it's not like this. But as all this stuff is happening and you're stuck in quarantine, just losing your mind, the idea of Kermit Davis pulling out napkins or paper towels and just scribbling out, okay, this could be a rotation against Dayton, or this could be – I could see that with you. Just kind of put it all together. <laughs> you know, best you can, right? Yeah, that's it. No, that's part of it. I mean, it's part of it. I, you know, During those times at home of just trying to – in this case scenario, this is the nine guys that are available. If the Dean C starts at the five and he gets two quick fouls, which he's done – as we've seen, you know, what does our rotations look like? You know, I mean, it's just uh, Devontae or Jarkel, two quick foul. I mean, just that is part of it. I think everybody's doing that. The one thing I do like about our team, I do think we've got depth. I do think we've got depth. And, uh, and so I hope that that will play a part in us getting better and surviving these early games. And I use survival kind of, you know, that, that Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, you know, a lot of games quickly absorbing foul troubles, absorbing fatigue, absorbing different things. You know, that, that's what I hope can, can get us through it. You know, it's going to be ugly at times. Can the, can that depth and different things, interchangeable parts help us. Yeah. Like the Robert Allen decision now looms really, really large, especially considering everything y'all have dealt with. Yeah. He was going to start the very first game on that Wednesday. Uh, at the four, the five, he's gonna start somewhere just based on his toughness, and uh, you know, and he's being our probably our best energy guy, and so and he he can easily start with everybody back, and uh, just because he's he just has a you know he has a great motor, uh, being able to go all the time, and so yeah, and back in when that time, there's no doubt, you know, we were kind of down to Hadeen and Robert and Sandy, and that was the three, and so. You know, those three guys were going to be in the mix and then probably, you know, having Maurice where he could play some at the four. Well, last thing before I let you go. Your family's unique, so how did you spend your egg bowl? Oh, pulling like heck for the Rebels, that's for sure. i tell you what I did. I went over to uh, players, and we just kind of did our social distancing. We were done. We kind of stayed outside and watched a half over players and uh, – you know, it, it's all peaceful. It's all peaceful, and uh, that was a great egg bowl for, for us, and uh, what a good win. Just what we've all seen, those rivalry games. Everybody thought Ole Miss was going to light everybody up. It's those egg bowls, or you've seen them been for 100 years. They're just they're, they're usually close and so competitive, and we had to play really good defense to win. And uh, But what a great, great win for us. And, uh, you know, we still a couple games maybe to play. That's the crazy thing. The Egg Bowl didn't end the year. There's still two more games. That's what I told uh, I told Betty. I said, I guarantee you, Lane, it would be the greatest thing in the world. This is the last game. <laughs> you ended up <laughs> on a win. Then let's go recruiting. 
you know, that's just the perfect way, especially the, the second perfect way to have a bowl game. It looks like we're going to have a bowl game on top of that. But uh, but still, what a great year they've had and been a, been a fun, fun team to watch. He's Kermit Davis. It's good to hear from you and that you're coming around. Best of luck moving forward, and we'll catch up again. All right. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate you, buddy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.